This is Utah Survivors Podcast with your host, Brandon and Alex. In the world of true crime TV, we're bringing you the stories straight from the survivors. Victims don't become survivors without the help of a community. So every week, we will have a 30-minute interview alternating between a survivor of crime and an organization that helps victims in similar situations. Due to the graphic nature of crime, many of the topics we discuss may be difficult for some listeners. If you are in crisis or triggered by these discussions, please reach out to local and national hotlines listed on our website, utahsurvivors.org. Well, and you know, Holly felt violated watching another, like watching a man scream at her mother. Yeah. yeah. You know, because that tells her again that men don't listen to women. Yeah, and she also, she, she you know, while you know, then when you know he started scheduling things, he started talking to the other lawyers in the room. You know, okay, and well, you know, what are we going to do for this? And I, I, I said, you know, one of them, you know, estimated an hour and a half for a preliminary hearing that they had that day. And I'm like. Hold on. Yeah, we didn't you get, get in front of you until 11.15. Uh, you know, we've been doing this. At, you know, it's about quarter to noon now. And, you know, we're just hearing about this. But Holly was, you know, kind of whispering to mom, you know, why are they talking about other cases? Yeah. You know, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And she thought this was her day to, like, yeah. be heard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She, came, she came prepared with the statement. Mm-hmm. And my brother came prepared with the statement. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us were ever heard. And, you know, I, I've, it's been six months, and mm-hmm. one of the interesting parts after the, the sentencing, you know, after we got to hear about, you know, um, we didn't know it happened, but Jesus was missing, and Eric found him in jail. And for uh, everyone. Finds right? Jesus. So they're, they're good to go. And, you know, Eric said, you know, he got to make his whole statement about how, you know, how Holly's parents should never had to have go through the, what we've gone through and what great people we were. And then his mommy got to get up and give a statement about, you know, how he had a, a you know, he hit his head in a car accident when he was 12 and she didn't take him to the doctor like she should have because she had a broken ankle. And, and when this all came out in the newspaper, all the people that were writing to them and supporting them, oh I'm like, gosh. you know, good for you. I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. Nobody was writing to us or supporting us. It was your own little We were in hell. World, yeah. And that's when we decided, you know, it was like, we don't have to be in hell anymore. Yeah. We didn't do anything wrong. Our kid didn't do anything wrong. Our kid was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't define her as a human being. And, you know, and I and I told I told them in the hearing, I said, you know, she is a survivor. Yeah. I stopped referring to her as a victim every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they didn't get it. Nobody got it. But he got to give all, you know, he got to give all of his statements. And he then he thanked the judge and Donna and his attorney like he was winning an Academy Award. Oh, he thanked us. Oh, geez. yeah. He thanked us, too. For turning him in and getting him into the system because yeah. his life is so much better now than it was yeah. before. Before, I mean, like, like, we take a minute. He was charged with first-degree <laughs> felony child kidnapping, first-degree felony rape of a child, first-degree felony sodomy on a child, second-degree felony sexual abuse of a child, second-degree felony sexual abuse of a child, um, second-degree felony enticing a minor on the Internet or text, sexual exploitation of a minor, third-degree felony, dealing with mater- uh, harmful materials to a minor. Third degree felony. And he spent 322 days in jail. That's not even a year. And that was more than the deal was going to be. 
And that was yeah. just extended because I think of the COVID problems. Yeah. It was going to be less than that. Gave them time the served or suspended with time served kind hmm. of thing. Like that's a list of charges. Yeah. To get time served. And, the, and he admitted he admitted to these things. We mm-hmm. talk about there, there was no evidence problem. Yeah. They had him dead to rights on these things. You know, like, as the kidnapping, I think that was 25 to life. The rape of a child is 15 to life. Yeah. I believe in Utah. Another thing I don't understand, but that's the how it go. Yeah. Um, don't, don't get me started with <laughs> sentencing. Like, eh, here we go. Things yeah. like that. But yeah. So like. So then to hear, you know, yeah, that he's not really taking that responsibility that we thought was the whole basis for the, like I said, a, the deal of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sure wouldn't have talked about it had we known. You know that nothing that it was going to end up like I this. I feel like when you list your list, because the list you talk about is things that I've never heard even done in a criminal case. Right? You don't get to sit down with the perpetrator before. You don't like that's never heard of. In she should have told us that that's that day. She should have yeah. said, "You guys, you know what? This is really great that you thought about this stuff and that you did this. But, but this, this is shit isn't going to fly. We can't do this, but this is what we can do." Yeah, like saying because I can't Setting accomplish. There you go. Like I can't accomplish X, Y, and Z. All I'm hearing is you're willing. You want this over. What does over mean to you if you can't get all this? Does mm-hmm. that still mean prison time? What does that mean? But no one did that. All they heard was they want it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she probably just did her quick calculation. Okay, you know the the you know you know, step down to these mm-hmm. misdemeanors will get the kind of sentence range that we're looking for. And bada bing, bada bam. I think that was the entire thought process there. It was. You know, not hearing. Like I said, I, I, I know that I repeated several times during that meeting that to me it was important to have that meeting look look them in the eye and get that feel yeah. for what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the only reason we were talking about any of it is because we were talking about a 19-year-old on his first charge. Yeah. You know, I mean, if there were you know, other, you know, if there had been, you know, if there, there had been other charges, I'm sure we would not have entertained any of this no like if there's a known other victim but well yeah so after the sentencing now there is Hmm. new charges there was Hmm. there was yeah did those get dropped uh so they there was porn that was found on the computer and i guess um somebody jumped the gun and arrested him and they didn't have um everything in line so he was in jail for a day and i was over the moon for five minutes until i found out later that night that he went back but um Hmm. The uh, person, um, I guess Joey Branch, I guess DA's office said that that porn that I guess the way that they have to, you know, the the chain of custody and all of the different parts of it, um, that it probably wasn't going to go anywhere. But there was tons of porn involving children on the computer, but nothing happened. But he said he said when did they find this after sentencing? Yeah, yeah, it was January or February of this year. Mm Mm-hmm. But and so they broke the chain of custody, basically. Uh, or we don't, don't know, know the details, but yeah, for some reason, yeah, I, I, something got put. I don't know if it was a back burner or you know what kind something of something happened. It was. It was something between Marie PD and UPD that it got botched again. Basically, it got botched, and and it was not with bad intentions. And I, I told her, I said, please tell the officer that jumped the gun that we love him and we appreciate him for for trying. You know. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's not supposed to be, this is what one of supposed to have access to the internet. What is well, his mom sitting no, next? It's not, it's, it's not, not access. This is the best part. I asked them during the, ask the last sentencing part. I just said, Hey, 
you know, his his playground's the internet. Yeah. And what are the you know what you know? Ask the judge what are, are we going to do about that? And he said, well, uh, he needs to have six months of supervision on the internet by a responsible adult. Who's checking that? Well, I was. I know you were. Uh, his mommy wasn't. Um, I found a picture of him um, orally copulating a banana, and he wasn't just trying to get a dose of uh, potassium. He was very, very graphic, and I have yeah. the pictures. Yeah. I called APNP, and they said, well, it could be this, it could be that, but we're going to turn it over to the treatment team. Yeah. So, yay, the treatment team. He's got a new PO I haven't talked to yet, but yeah. he has been on Instagram and on Facebook, and I go through periodically. I find him. I send them a news article. I get him reported and have him removed. Yeah. And I will continue to do it for as long as I live. Yeah. Um, and I don't care if he knows it's me that's doing it. But, um, yeah, his mom found the picture um, and had a, an emoji underneath it with, like, you know, yeah. what what are you doing? What are you doing? And yet she's supposed to be providing supervision, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during her whole testimony, you know, she she – she understood what I was going through because, you know, she had a family member who had a child who had been raped and murdered in, in their family. And so she understood what I was going through as a mom. And, and, and she said that, that she would never have, you know, she had told her boys that if they ever harmed a girl, that that would be the end and she wouldn't have anything to do with them and all this other stuff. I mean, it's like you're, you're enabling him now. You're yeah. enabling him on the Internet now. You're not helping him learn. Because he's a whiny cry ass, and I'm, I'm sure he sits at home after working wherever he works, you know, being away from kids mm-hmm. all day, and he wants to be social. Yeah. You know, and he's sad because he doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah. You know, whatever. I don't care. I, you know, I, we have nothing left. You know, yeah. there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do to the prosecutor. There's nothing we can do about any of this. I mean, yeah. I guess we talked about filing a complaint with the, the judicial committee about, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. the judge. And I, I still feel that the judge owes my daughter an apology. Yeah. But it won't happen. Yeah. So now that, you know, obviously you're still somewhat connected because of the probation type stuff, but mm-hmm. all the court stuff is over. You know, how how are you doing? I know we've been bringing up some horrible things and it's not been a pleasant day, but... How are you doing outside of that now? Um, his level of fabulous is like beyond. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where the self-esteem comes from. I don't know where the courage comes from. She's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's a a happy kid who has, you know, appropriate friendships and has a first boyfriend and Aww. it's super sweet. And, you know, she's she's happy I know That's she beautiful. she knows she's loved and she knows that our family loves her and that all the extended family loves her and mm-hmm. um, she's doing great. She's safe and she's loved, which mm-hmm. are two things kids need to thrive. Yep, absolutely. Um, back in May, I had to finally kind of go out on FMLA for a while mm-hmm. and just take some time. Yeah, well, yeah, this was all and you were you were carrying a heavy burden through About all of this. Seventy two clients a week. Um, with my last job oh my uh, during COVID, um, working with with uh, postal employees and their oh families who were essential workers, and um, yeah, I finally I gave I gave it up in you know early in uh, early August. I I quit, and now I'm just you know doing some telehealth from home now because I just I can't handle um, I can't deal with a lot of other trauma right now. Well, you've got to heal your trauma. Yeah. Like you you. 
put everything in a box for so long so that Holly could heal, right? Yeah. You didn't break down in her. You kept her normal life. You gave her this amazing COVID bubble. You provided such a beautiful environment for her to heal. But within that, you had to not heal. Right. And now it's hitting. It's hitting. It's hard. Every mm-hmm. day's, you know, every day's a different day. And, yeah, you know, my my number one my number one fan, my number one dog is tattooed on your arm and it's so beautiful and he's having seizures and you know i spend all day with him and i'm like you know has it been because he sits here with me all day and listens to me you know talk to people did i you know did i drive him crazy you know did you know whatever you know i mean it's been a lot of loss yeah and i you know we we told some you know we we didn't go public public but we started a Facebook group um, back in April and let some family and other people know what we've been going through and stuff. And I mm-hmm. think now we're going to be able to do a little bit more of that. Oh, good. Um, you know, I, I want to do, um, I, I want to do something to help, uh, you know, with the, the therapy costs because dealing with victims reparations has been not easy. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had asked for him to pay for her stuff, and the judge didn't even entertain any of that. Oh, jeez. And, they, you know, with victims, we know that, you know, with, with kids that age, we know that prefrontal cortex attachment doesn't happen until at least 30. So we, we don't know what things look like in the future. Yeah, like for what, trauma. when all that, like when all of her brain settles growing. Right. And, I mean, if, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, genetically passing down you know trauma through dna um yeah and is she going to have you know fibromyalgia chronic fatigue blood conditions is she going to have things happen to her body because of what she's been through yeah the aces stuff yeah all the aces Mm -hmm. stuff you know and you know that was the kid that wasn't going to have an aces score of nine you know that was the kid that wasn't going to have all the crappy things happen and you know she came out of it beautifully and i'm so happy for that Mm-hmm. I'm so happy just for who she is. That's amazing. And I'm honored to be her mom. And oh. I'll do anything I can to support her. And I'm glad that, you know, I didn't embarrass her and, you know, make her want to run and scream because I <laughs> I kind of lost my shit. But That's okay. I mean, my kid tells me I'm an embarrassment regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so but, you know, I feel like if we're not doing a little bit of embarrassment, we're not doing our job. Right. But, I mean, it was just kind of like with – I mean, COVID was icing on the cake. Oh, gosh. You know, and the rest the of it's cake. just been, it's been hell, but we're, we're getting by. Yeah. So we always end our interviews with at least some version of this question and um, either one or both or neither can answer this, I guess. But um, if you could give any kind of advice or words of wisdom or encouragement to um, either parents or maybe other kids who have gone through what your daughter has gone through, what, what would you say to them? Um, well, I would say to any parents and I, and I, I've been interviewed by the news about this as well. Um, get rid of the damn Snapchat. Yeah. Know what the apps are. Um, know what your kid is doing online. Um, and do it in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. Find ways to to not push your kid away from you, but to bring your kid closer. Yeah. And foster an environment of trust and foster an environment of, of not keeping secrets in your house and yeah. letting them know that they don't have to be ashamed to tell you if something's happened to them because they're 
they're not responsible for the behavior of of adults no. who do bad things to kids. Yeah. Um, you know, shaming and blaming isn't isn't the thing to do and love the hell out of them. Yeah. You know, because you never know if it's going to be your kid. You know, yeah, you might you never know. You know, I I've been you know villainized in all these these boards and Meh, made to be a horrible person. Keyboard warriors, exactly. But you don't know how much that kid is loved. You know, I met somebody suggest she was probably in foster care and unattended. You know, and I mean, this is a kid who you I mean know, to that person's standard. My yeah. kid's probably an orphan. I know exactly. <laughs> um, you know, people saying horrible stuff about us and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not about us; it's about her. She's yeah. she's a hero, yeah. and she did actually by reporting prevent him from having contact with two more girls that we know of. Yeah, and if she hadn't reported, you know, it took her a couple of days to get through it. But if she hadn't told us fully who knows what could have happened to someone else. Yeah. Somebody else who didn't have the fortitude and the strength. I mean, she drove us to his house. She got us there. She was able to tell us all the details about the car, everything. That's beautiful. And her, you know, her, her statement was what got him arrested with all those charges. And, and without, you know, again, detective Wilkins, we couldn't have, have done everything that we did. And I love good detectives. So do I. And we'll make something good out of it. Yeah, you will. You already have. Thank you. Yeah. What about you? Have anything to add? You don't, ha- you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, she's so thorough with everything. The other thing I think I'd add would be that, uh, you know, let's see, you know, parents, you know, know, you know, you know kids get into stuff. And, um, you know, Sally was saying that it's important, obviously, to keep them, you know, you know, comfortable, you know, an open, uh, uh, you know, communication with you. But also let them know whether, you know, that there's – you give them, give them an – alternate person, you know, another adult that they can open up to, whether it's a counselor or somebody else in the family or just a friend or something. I like that. You know, just so that they don't necessarily, you know, you have, you have somebody that, you know, you that's trustworthy, but not not necessarily you as a parent. That can uh, that can be easier for a kid sometimes, I yeah. think. I like that. She yeah. has a social media page that she doesn't want us to monitor. Yeah. So her choice was either your sister monitors it or Michelle, our friend, monitors it. And she chose yeah. Michelle to monitor it. Yeah. And I trust Michelle. And so we know that she doesn't have anything to hide from us. She may not want us to see, you know, whatever picture, whatever, whatever, you know. She, yeah. She, we still want her to have some privacy. Yeah. But we want her to do it safely. Mm-hmm. Give her boundaries and, and give her options. Exactly. Yeah. And let her know that there are people out there that are good adults that you can yeah, trust. Yeah, totally. And, and we, we couldn't have done it without the good people and without – you know, people like you guys doing stuff like this to, to get the word mm. out there. And um, we appreciate you very much. Oh, yes. thank, you. thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. that's a wrap. That's a wrap, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Normally, we would end the episode here. However, since the recording of this episode, some updates have happened to the person that was the perpetrator in this case. As you may know from the episode, there was a charge of child pornography, but due to what our guest described as jumping the gun, those charges never were filed. However, on September 17th of 2021, Eric Jepson was arrested again. These new charges stem from him violating his parole. According to the news report found on KSL, 
with the reporter Pat Reavy. Uh, Jepson has been allegedly messaging seven or eight girls under the age of 18 and has been viewing pornography two to three times a week, the report states. When agents asked Mr. Jepson the ages of the minor he has been in contact with, he minimized and lied, continuously changing how old they were. He eventually admitted to pursuing romantic relationships with a 12 and a 13-year-old. One alleged victim is a 12-year-old girl in Pennsylvania. According to the girl's mother, Jepson was posing as a 15-year-old on Snapchat and had been grooming her daughter. Mr. Jepson and her daughter had been communicating for weeks until just recently. He sent inappropriate messages to her through Snapchat. The messages were graphic and sexual in nature. The mother then contacted her local police department. Probation agents in Utah found out about the case when they saw a post on the Facebook page CCUSA, which stands for Creep Catchers USA. Jepson was called in by his probation officer for questioning after the post was made. Agents noted in their report that Jepson either lied or minimized what was happening when questioned. He admitted to posing as a 15-year-old, which mimics the behavior of his original offense. When an agent tried to access Mr. Jepson's Snapchat, it, had pe- it appeared to have been deleted. He was then asked when he deleted his Snapchat account. He said he deleted it a couple weeks ago. He then admitted he had deleted it more recently. The report also noted that Jepson had accessed pornography on March 9th, a little over three weeks after being sentenced, and that he had dating profiles on Bumble and Hinge, which he did not tell his probation officer about. Jepson had been enrolled in a sex offender treatment program in May, but dropped out after his therapist left in June, according to the report. The report also noted that Jepson has yet to write a letter of apology to the 12-year-old girl he sexually assaulted as ordered by a judge. The continued pattern of predatory behavior Mr. Jepson exhibits is very concerning to adult probation and parole. During his short time on probation, his actions show he is not not a good candidate for community supervision. The report concludes, if Mr. Jepson is found in violation of his probation, adult probation and parole respectfully recommends he be committed to Utah State Prison. So glad you could join us this week and be with us as this survivor has opened up their heart and story in the hope that it may inspire someone. Information about this week's interview can be found on our website, utahsurvivors.org. Trauma creates change you don't choose. Healing is about creating the change you do choose. This program is supported in part by grant number 18W. 2025 from the Utah Office for Victims of Crime, awarded by the Office on Violence Against Women. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this program are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Office on Violence Against Women, the U.S. Department of Justice, or the Utah Office for Victims of Crime. Our theme song is DNA by Najee featuring Amber Lynn.